This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Captains, you're listening to episode 295 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Available for download or streaming on Monday, November 14th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Tony. And I'm Skiffy. And in the recording booth is our audio engineer, Winters. Hola. Tony, thanks for joining us this week. Oh, you're welcome. Ken is currently on a plane, so she can't be here. Instead, we got Tony. It's I know. the second best thing. Yeah, I know. It's a poor substitute. <laughs> it's Believe the logical me. choice. Is it? Oh, it is the logical choice. It is absolutely the logical choice. Is this the part of the show where I tell you what's coming up this week? This is. Oh, I think I remember this. Okay. This week, we trek out the idea of a Star Trek cinematic universe, how Anton Yelchin's friends celebrated his art, and the possibility that Star Trek Discovery could not be safe for your kids. In Star Trek Online News, there's another featured mission reward, a blog, and a pat on the back from us to PWE. Later, we start looking towards winter shopping when Cookie and Jake review some of the latest products on the promenade. As always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Of course, don't forget to keep the conversation going at facebook.com slash priority1podcast or on Twitter at priority1pod. You can also send us an email via incoming at priority1podcast.com. And thanks again to all of our Patreon supporters who make this show possible from week to week. Literally. Your donations keep this show published. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority one and find out about all the awesome perks we have to offer. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's check it out. So Star Trek Beyond has been getting quite a bit of promotion over its Blu-ray release this last month. Entertainment Weekly, for instance has been busy interviewing some of the creative team behind Star Trek Beyond, including writers Doug Young and Simon Pegg. In one interview, Doug Young was asked whether Star Trek could be told in a broader cinematic universe, a la Star Wars Rogue One, or a Marvel cinematic universe. His reply, quote, It's a franchise that can support different styles of movies. It's 50 years worth of Discovery, and obviously, they're doing that with Star Trek Discovery. But why not blow it out to a cinematic universe that has secondary characters and smaller storylines, more intimate storylines, ones that deal with more of an espionage element versus the large-scale exploration themes of the main Star Trek, end quote. So I started thinking about this and what this could potentially mean for Star Trek. Could it be successful in a broader cinematic scale like Star Wars, right? Star Wars is its closest neighbor, so to speak. But we won't get into that debate. Yet. So my... The way I see Star Trek right now is that for 
the last 50 years, the stories that we've been told have been about a crew and about it's it's in a bubble. Each series kind of exists in its own bubble. Whereas, I don't know, Star Wars was a space saga, right? It was a, a, a space opera. Star Trek has not been that. Star Trek has not been a space opera. Au contraire, Mona. think? No, 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 no. See, the, okay. the, the Star Trek is the original cinematic universe. I mean, they they had the original series and then the movies, and then they fast forwarded seventy eight years to the next generation, and then they overlapped DS nine on top of that. Then they overlapped Voyager on top of that. Then they rewound to Enterprise. But there was very little crossover. But they handed off every single one. I mean, they're the original one, and they and this is I mean, this is the one where continuity. I mean, yeah, we break it every so often, but it's the original franchise where continuity is sort of mattered. And other franchises have sort of gone, well, that's the comics. Well, that's the movie. Well, that was the original TV series. Well, that's how it was back then. But at least in Star Trek, they've given a nod to attempting, of course, until the J.J. thing happened. But even then, they at least sort of like kind of tried to explain it in the movie with alternate timelines and stuff. So I think if any franchise could pull it off, it would be this one. And they've already done it so i think yeah clearly they could do it again i i actually agree with that quite a lot and i i reminded of enterprise episodes where they went back and tried to explain why the klingons looked different in the original series versus season four versus yeah no season four that's some of the best trek out there season seriously if they just started with that it would probably still be on the air scott bacula to be going to the bridge in his walker Mayweather would probably still be an ensign, but that's, you know, he probably has personnel problems. There's probably paperwork. He's the ensign Kim of yeah, the old times. Yeah, he's the ensign, ensign Kim. I'm not going to lie, though. As as robust as the franchise is, I keep, I keep getting, I keep feeling as if though the suits, the people in control, are more reactionary. Like, they throw a dart, and if it lands, they go, okay, let's try it again, and maybe we'll get lucky. Whereas a Disney... Or, well, actually, just Disney now. They they lay out a plan, right? They lay out a plan. They know it's going to be a success, and they they're thinking three or four or five steps ahead. Whereas Star Trek always seems the Star Trek films and television series that we've had seem almost reactionary. Oh, okay, this is this is working. Let's do it again. Let's try to let's try to live off the laurels of its success. And then what ends up happening is that we get we get subpar Trek. Well, but I, I think you could say the same thing about the new uh, Star Wars Episode 7 as, uh, compared to Star Wars Episode 4. That doesn't seem like a revolutionary new start. It seems like it does seem, and a lot of people seem to agree, that it's a rehashing or a uh, reboot even. Yeah, but how long, How many years went by between? I mean, not... not that one almost had to be reintroduced. Not only that, yeah. but... Right. There was nothing... There was just nothing... Actually, hold on a second, because how many years went it, by? It wasn't as many as you think. Yeah, no, it, the the distance between episode uh, six and seven is, or uh, excuse me, three and seven over ten years. Same with Trek, though. No, uh, Trek. That was, you know, I mean, the end of Enterprise was what oh five, and the new uh, the reboot movie was oh nine. It was it wasn't off the radar for that long. And and think about how, think about the think about the environment in each of those series was into right. So uh, NBC kicked off the original series. Star Trek, I mean, as we all know, it was groundbreaking then for that. Uh, Next Generation, first major syndicated television show filmed without, you know, 
network support. And then DS9, I mean, that one kind of was basically, you know, on the heels of Star Trek. But then UPN was launched on the back of Voyager, and then it went through its, you know, different somersaults. Enterprise, Enterprise was just a, was a, clearly, that clearly fits into the category of we don't know what the hell we're doing. The studio point you were making earlier, that one clearly fits into that category just Perfectly, it's like we need a new Star Trek, and they're like, bah. "Okay, back in time." No wait, Starfleet Academy. No wait, back in time. No wait, no time war, time war, time war. That one absolutely, the dart got thrown. And then I think with you know with the reboot and the, and the relaunch of the movies, that was just, "Hi, my name is J.J. Abrams. I'd rather work on Star Wars. Let me get something on my resume that shows I can prove it. That shows I can do it." So now wasn't there was something kind of strange about Enterprise too? Didn't it originally launch seasons one and? two and maybe even three without the Star Trek name on it. Right. It launched as Enterprise. Right. A spin-off or a in the Star Trek universe, but it didn't gain the Star Trek title until what was it, three or four? I think it was four. It might have been four. Right. I remember I remember watching it live uh and being very confused. I, I had no idea well, where Unless let's, let's not even start with the fit. theme song. Okay. You know, I mean, let's not even go there. But but yeah, no, it's like they, they tried to run away from the Star Trek brand a little bit there. Which, as you know, 2020 hindsight, hell, you don't even need 2020 hindsight. Like, 2200 hindsight would probably work here. That was a mistake. Uh, so, by run, trying to run away from the franchise roots, it, it did. And, that, and to circle it back around to the original question, that's why you got to keep it all in the universe. I mean, you gotta, you got to let people know that, hey, this is part of that family, part of that brand. That's why Disney has done such a great job with Marvel. They are explicitly saying... If you're a fan of this type of entertainment, you will probably also enjoy this because it takes place in the same vein. It's going to have the same type of storylines. Characters are going to cross over. Events might overlap. You know, I mean, it's it, it very clearly says, here's a product. If you like it, here's more of the product. Now, if they do it, if, let's say, they had the chops to make a Star Trek cinematic universe, right, with spinoffs and whatnot, I would think that they need to stick to the Kelvin timeline, right? They can't be bouncing back and forth on the screen, on the silver screen, between Kelvin and Prime. Because I think that that's going to, that's going to really screw up the, the, the potential new viewers that are interested in Star Trek. The, 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 the barrier to entry would be way too high if they start bouncing around. The absolute best thing they could do is use the fourth Star Trek movie to close off this timeline, put it all back in prime, and then launch the cinematic universe like you're saying. I mean, the, ca- the, the, cast, the cast has done a great job. Let's give them all their kudos, but they have the same problem. They're all getting older. They all want to take broader roles. Anton Yelchin passed away. I mean... There are some just logistical challenges with continuing to make or to attempt to try to make blockbuster movies with this cast, and it's just it's just time. I mean, that, that's all there is to it. The time and the careers of the individual stars. They're going to get more expensive to hire because they're bigger name people now, and and the trajectory of the movies has been the first one did awesome, the second one did like really great, the third one didn't do so good, and so they're going to want bigger paychecks. The studio's going to want a bigger bang. They're going to have to like stretch for the script and take bigger. Eh, close off this one. Send it all back to Prime. You know what? Actually, speaking of the cinematic universe, I, I'm as we talk about this, I'm thinking to myself that setting Discovery in the Prime universe might be a mistake. I think that they're going to be missing out on the new audiences that got involved into Trek because of JJ, because of the Kelvin timeline. But why don't we save that for our after-hours discussion 
which you can download by being a supporter of Priority One on patreon.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. But that also brings us to this week's first community question. What do you think about the Star Trek Cinematic Universe, a la Star Wars or Marvel? Can Star Trek tell that many stories with so many characters, or is it destined to focus on a ship named Enterprise, or Voyager, or on a space station called Deep Space Nine? Let us know in the comments section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO295, or by leaving us a comment on our social media posts. Let's keep this conversation going with Ken Ray of Mission Log Podcast during the Northeast Star Trek convention in Albany, New York. So one of the conversations that we had uh, in our last episode of Priority One Podcast was Mm -hmm. the idea of Star Trek, the cinematic universe, right? Okay. Uh, Doug Young was interviewed in Entertainment Weekly, and it was proposed to him that could Star Trek support it the way Star Wars does? Or the way Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe does it. What do you, what do you think? Well, those are a couple of different questions, right? I mean, Star Wars is only starting to at this point. Mm-hmm. Everything so far has been episodes one through nine, out of order, of course. But I mean, we're just getting Rogue One this fall. I mean, unless you're counting, are you counting the novels <laughs> and are you also counting the TV series? Like, um, no. Like, okay, so no. you're just talking about cinema. Just the cinema, yeah. We don't know yet whether Star Wars can do that. Probably it's going to. Probably right. it'll be fine. Um, Probably it'll be huge, actually. I think I'm more excited about... I'm not more excited about Rogue One than I was about uh, The Force Awakens, but I know some people who are. Yeah. They're actively more excited about that one, which I don't get, because right. we know how that story is going to end. But okay, whatever. Um, cinematic, I don't know. You kind of want to do, like... Okay, so when you're talking about things like on Next Gen, John has hit me to the idea of the bottle show. Mm-hmm. The idea that you just, you know, film on the set, Right. So you don't have to worry about you can keep expenses low, things like that. It might be interesting to see movies that were not necessarily as as expensive. Movies that weren't as special effects laden. Okay. Do sort of character studies of individual characters maybe on the Enterprise. And then, of course, certainly you can branch out from there. Maybe you introduce a character in one of those that then goes up and has some other adventure, possibly. The problem is every Star Trek movie is expected to make half a billion dollars and, you know, it costs a quarter of a billion dollars to make or however much it, I'm, I'm making up numbers there. But they're looking for such huge numbers out of all of it that when you're talking about that, I think it might be harder to support a cin- cinematic universe in a way because you're gambling so much money and expecting such a huge return each time. It might actually be more interesting to see a bunch of small movies because... Yeah, it takes place in the future, but, I mean, there's still humans having human experiences. So, you know, why does it have to involve... How many ships have to explode for there to be right. a, a, a dissection of a, of a character idea? What do you think of, like, a movie that was a dedicated Spock film? It's interesting. It's an interesting idea. I mean, I, I, Spock's been done a lot. I mean, it might. I think a Bones movie might actually be interesting. I think smaller movies that concentrate on the individual characters could actually be really, could be really cool. Not necessarily as Sulu is off having his own adventure. I mean, maybe you still have some interaction with the other characters, but and not nothing cheesy like you know just Kirk's at the very first five minutes and then he's gone for the rest of the movie. But something that I mean that would be a way certainly to make a less expensive movie if you didn't have to worry so much about paying everybody a top dollar in the cast. Um, and it would let you... 
It would let you explore the characters a bit more. I mean, this is something we got to do more in next gen and later series. There wasn't much exploration of, you know, Bones in TOS. You got to know him a lot more, actually, during the movies. Um, But you'll have Worf episodes in TNG, or you'll have Picard episodes in TNG. You'll never have a, you know, a Sulu movie, mm-hmm. unless you actually set out to make a Sulu movie specifically. As long as it's you know still the whole Star Trek thing, then it's got to be the ensemble cast, and that's going to be a huge thing. And then we have to figure out how many planets or ships we can blow up to justify the cost. Do you think a story that that involves let's let's say we we got a Starfleet Academy story? Do you think that would work? Do you think something like that could could sell to audiences? I guess it would a depend. cadet story kind of thing. It would depend on the writer, right? I mean, we we seem to be caught in this trap of either having to make sequels or prequels mm-hmm. in Star Trek at this point. That's one of the things that's really fascinating. Although you can argue that Discovery maybe is going to end up being a prequel. One of the things that's fascinating about Discovery is is we we may know the number one character. I right. mean, it sounds like number one's going to be there, but otherwise, and we know her from one episode. Right. So they're pretty much starting with new characters at that point. We think. What we don't know, what we don't know. Um, I don't. I, I think you would have to make a really good science fiction story that happens to exist in the Star Trek universe for a cadet thing to work, right. unless you're going to do Star Trek Babies, which would be kind of uh, annoying. So, talking a little bit about Discovery, you know, the the big news that has gone around lately, obviously Brian Fuller uh, backing down, mm-hmm. um, the new addition of this one writer who wrote. Batman, Batman Forever, <laughs> and Batman and Robin. Uh, uh, but he also wrote. Uh, what was the good thing? Mind. Okay, he won an Oscar for it. There you go. He won an Oscar for it. All right. Um, Justin Lin. I'm not. Just gonna, I'm, no, I mean seriously, he did. He True. did the Fast and Furious True. movies. You know what I didn't know? I just found out recently. He did the paintball episode of uh, Community. I haven't seen Community. Oh, dude. Yeah. The paintball it's episode of Community is amazing television. <laughs> that one episode. And now he's doing Knight Rider. Oy. So, um, <laughs> so here, so here's my question, right? Yeah. We know that uh, Star Trek Discovery is taking place ten years before the original series, mm-hmm. ten years technically after the Kelvin inc- incident, mm-hmm. and it's staying in the Prime Universe. This right. is as far as we know. Okay. So that means that audiences who have fallen in love with Star Trek mm-hmm. via JJ mm-hmm. will now be thrust into back to the Prime Universe. A place that we're comfortable in, right? right? A place that most Trekkies, older Trekkies, are comfortable. Right. Is it a mistake to move it into the Prime Universe? Are they missing... Who's the target audience? Who do you think the target audience should be? Should it be Prime to- uh, Kelvin timeline fans mm-hmm. who are introduced to Star Trek now through JJ? Could it possibly confuse them? Could there be a larger barrier of entry because now we're going back to Prime? People are going to be like, I don't understand what's going on. Where am I? Well, I think that's actually taken care of. I mean, anybody who's going to go from the movies, from the from the Kelvin timeline movies into Star Trek is already going to be hip to that sort of disparity, right? They're going to be hip to that paradox. They're going to understand. Well, I think they have to at this point. I mean, if you're talking about... So if you're saying that there's somebody who might be interested in Discovery because of the J.J. movies... Right. How have they then not gone back and found the original Star Trek stuff, which means mm-hmm. they would understand the difference between the two timelines? Okay. I think most people don't care. I mean, honestly, I think most people, I mean, we're nerds. Right. We're at a Star Trek convention doing a podcast. How much more nerdy could you be? That's I mean, pretty, like if that's one of us were good. an IT guy and another one did a Mac <laughs> podcast, that, but that might be too much nerd for people to believe. Um, I, 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 
I mean, if it's good story, mm-hmm. if it's good acting, if it's well produced, then I think people are going to be interested in it. And they might be a tiny bit confused, but the kind of nerd that's going to be offended by it is already going to understand the disparity. Right. There, there may be a moment of confusion for some people, but if they're good stories, they don't care. It would be my would be my guess and my hope. And we hope it's going to be good stories. Yeah, it'd be nice, wouldn't because, it? 2018. Uh, 2018. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps up this little discussion. Ken, Yay. thanks for, uh, for chatting with me here. While we are on site in Albany, New York. Northeast TrekCon 2016. That's right. It's yeah. 49 degrees out there. You can tell it's winter up north here already. I'm used to my balmy weather in Jersey. Yeah. No, I'm, this is actually, yes. This is summer for you Life guys. Life from Buffalo, this is about what it gets like, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks. We'll talk to you later. Now let's find out what's been happening this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, once again, welcome to Star Trek Online News, where we bring you the latest happenings from the the best quadrants. All the quadrants. Many people tell me this. Uh, Not much in the patch notes this week. Foundry's still down, some kit pieces are still missing, and some maps still need night vision goggles or sunglasses. Don't mix up which is which. Sometimes both. If you liked Echoes of Light the first time you played it, then you'll love playing it again for the new rewards. This week, you'll earn the Nausicaan Energy Torpedo Launcher and unlock the final bonus of the Entoiled Technology Set. The two-piece set bonus will give you additional disruptor damage, and equipping the console, the torpedo, and the beam array will grant a set bonus of even larger disruptor buff, plus hull penetration. And with the start of week three of the featured episode run, the lower singers of Cryptic Hall favored us with a little more deep background on the saga of Deep Space K-13. Apparently there was a case of space madness, and even a shiny candy-like red button that would blow up a spaceship. Uh, Aside from the blatant Ren and Stimpy references that only Gen Xers will get, the post ties in nicely with the mission and takes us to the 16th century to the first recorded Federation Klingon Alliance. Uh, Fun fact, the word entoiled first appeared in the 16th century as well. Coincidence? Link will be in the show notes. After last week's announcement of the addition of R&D to the console versions of Stowe, the features keep dropping like mosquitoes on a bug zapper. This week, Cryptic announced that both duty officers and fleet holdings will be joining the list of available game mechanics on both PlayStation and Xbox One. No date was announced in either of the articles, which leads us to believe that it will be soon trademark. The mechanics appear largely unchanged, but no surprise, the UI has been given a massive overhaul and looks fantastic. And finally, congratulations to the Perfect World team for raising over $12,000 for the Extra Life charity so far. Now, I say so far because they are still accepting donations to benefit the Benioff Children's Hospital in San Francisco through November 30th. If you donate as little as $15 to Perfect World's campaign, they'll reward you with a prize pack of your choice from a number of their games, including Star Trek Online. Feel like earning a sweet EMH epic level bridge officer? Feel like helping sick kids? Well, here's your chance to get in on all the feels. Higher level donations will scale to higher rewards, up to $1,337. That elite level gift will net you all three of the expansion packs for Star Trek Online, which we have interpreted to mean the Legacy, Operations, and Temporal Special Agent Packs. The Tier 6 Flagship Mega Bundle 
two ultimate tech upgrades, five crafting packs, an extra life admiral in-game title, and the EMH buff. Links with instructions on how to donate will, of course, be in the show notes. And that brings us to our next community question this week. Are you happy I'm back? Leave your replies <laughs> in the comments section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO295 or by replying to us on Facebook or Twitter. And remember, be nice. So I have a, I have a Star Trek Online question, guys. So as you mm. know, I'm, yeah. I'm back in the game a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I did the Agents of Yesterday. I did all those missions that which was super fun. I absolutely loved them. Um, picked up on the nuances, right? Like Crewman Daniels showing up on that little, you know, the little messages that you get on the uh, on your left hand screen. Like they're not part of the main interact dialogue. Yep. Um, I'm I'm going to always remember him forever as Ensign Hunter for obvious reasons. Okay. Um, is this is this another plug? No. He actually was Ensign Hunter. They, they, that was his. That was when he was being all disguisey and stuff. Oh, 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 I thought this was a plug for for that Foundry <laughs> mission of yours that you can't play now. So, um. <laughs> well, now, now, if you want to talk about that, no, 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 I think it's a call-out. Overture. I was about to call it endurance. Um, (laughs) It it requires an exercise in. (laughs) (laughs) It does. I think I'm going to change the title. (laughs) Rebranding, rebooting, the whole thing. So um, so I'm playing playing Agents of Yesterday. I really enjoyed it. I switched back to my main because um, I don't like – I don't like that I can't – okay, there are bonuses to playing a liberated Borg or a a Jorn Trill – and I liked those bonuses, and I didn't want to play. I didn't want to level to sixty with a, a human, mm. right? So I wasn't. I wasn't mm. that. Right, I wasn't that thrilled about it. So I switched back to my main, um, and what I've decided is that I'm going to play all the missions again. I'm going to go through the entire story arc again. That's how I'm going to reintroduce myself into the game. Um, but, so but I, you did play through all the time, all the um, agents, agents of yesterday, yesterday yes, mission the five play. missions okay, leading up excellent. to the point where you finally get on you're at you're on the 25th century earth space dock so i'm i'm there i was there i finished everything which was great i i do agree that with with the sentiment that you know you kind of want you want the story to progress that that wrap-up mission at the end was kind of felt a little forced uh but i don't want to rehash the review of that because it was great you if you haven't done it already absolutely do it it's um, fantastic um, you really feel, and, and it's even better with the lighting update. Yes, I mean I didn't experience it with the the previous update, but the the previous lighting. Uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was some amazing storytelling. If if you're a listener of this show and you haven't tried Star Trek Online yet, play it and start with an Agents of Yesterday character, and you will not you will not regret it. If you enjoyed the original series, you won't regret it. So I do have so I have a question, right? Um, kits. The kit revamp. So yes. it's gem slotting now, right? Where you you slot it, but what what's the purpose of that main kit? The one on the far right. That's like the one. Just, just the buff. Just the uh, buff that you used to get from the kit bag. That's the only reason for it anymore. Okay. All right. So I can have whatever. Th- okay. So there's. It's just one general overall buff. It has nothing to do with the other gem slots that I have. 
Nope, not anymore. Okay. A and I think one of the reasons, I mean, one of the reasons they kept it is so that you still have those buffs. But I think the other reason is they did release a few kit bags that that have uh, set bonuses. Right. They tie into another the rest of your ground set, so they didn't want to rip that away. Okay. All right. Fair enough. That was that's so far been my only problem. Now let's get ready to spend our latinum on the promenade with Cookie and Jake. Hey, welcome back. I'm Cookie Cupcakes. And I'm Jake Cobb. And this is the promenade. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where are you going in such a hurry, Cookie? I really can't stay. Uh, what? I really can't stay. Cookie, it's cold outside. I've got to go but away. Cookie, it's cold outside. This evening has been There's not even a ship for you to get so in. very nice. If you go out there, you'll literally turn into a block of human ice. My mother will start to Cookie, worry. what is your hurry? My father will be pacing You'll decompress the whole compartment if you So really, I'd better No, seriously, Cookie, you'll kill everyone on the promenade. Well, maybe just to have a drink, drink. more. Put some records on while I pour. Baby, it's cold outside. Cha-cha-cha. What just happened? I'm not sure. Should we just... Yeah, let's get to it. Well, now that we're in the festive holiday spirit, I guess we should probably talk about fun holiday products. And what's more fun holiday product than decorations? Whether you dress the tree, mantle, or aluminum pole, it's important to remember there's no wrong place for Star Trek. Hallmark, the company synonymous with Holiday, is once again releasing a collection of Star Trek decorations and ornaments. This year's four-piece lineup includes the entry-level Star Trek Legends Ensign Pavel Chekhov hanging ornament, the Star Trek The Man Trap Kirk and Salt Monster hanging ornament with sound, the Star Trek USS Enterprise 50th Anniversary Edition Gold Reflective Musical hanging ornament, and the Star Trek 50th Anniversary To Boldly Go tabletop decoration with light and sound. Three of the four ornaments feature characters, and their representations are on par with previous Hallmark offerings. You won't be blown away by the likeness, but you'll easily be able to identify the characters. The dynamic pose of the Mantrap ornament, which is a sitting, screaming Kirk being attacked by the hairy salt monster, is fun and well done. And the tabletop ornament does a nice job of representing the little nuances of Kirk, Spock, and McCoy's character. Kirk sits almost smugly in his iconic captain's chair at the center of the piece, flanked to his right, our left, by a fascinated Spock, and to his left, our right, by an irritated McCoy. Both pieces play quotes from various scenes loudly and clearly, and the tabletop decor even has lights. The Chekhov hanging ornament is the weakest of the four ornaments offered, but also the cheapest. It shows the young wonder kid standing, holding the tricorder mid-torso. Unfortunately, the picture does not accurately represent the product. Several negative reviews on the Hallmark website state the tunic is a greenish tint, and in reply to one of those comments, Hallmark stated, Our team is aware of the variance between the printed color on the box and the actual paint color on the ornament. The color on the ornament is true to the Star Trek character. There are no plans to produce a new box. We'd suggest heading to a local Hallmark store and checking it out in person before purchasing. Wait a minute. In what TOS universe is Chekhov's tunic ever green? And if it's true to the Star Trek character, then why aren't all of the gold ones the same color? They, they didn't wear different colors. There was only three colors, gold, blue, and red. So I think what probably happened is that someone at Hallmark 
based it off of an image search on Google, and then they just picked one of the pictures at random, the one, one of them that was like shadowed or something, but that may have had a green hue, and they've probably never seen an actual episode of Star Trek in their life. I actually thought the same thing, but then I remembered they actually did use green, if I remember right. So I went online, I looked it up, and I found the website, StarTrekMyths.tumblr.com. I'm going to read a quote from that. Contrary to most people's perceptions of what Captain Kirk's original command division tunic looks like, the costume worn by William Shatner on Star Trek 1966 was actually not the color gold or mustard, but a shade of avocado green. In order to create a uniform design that photographed gold on original 60s film stock and under the lighting conditions on set, costume designer William Ware Thice had to use a greenish hue when he dyed the velour for the uniforms. It photographed one way, burnt yellow or gold, but in reality was another. The command shirts were definitely green, Thice recalls in an interview. So... There, maybe? So then they should all be green then, if that's what they're gonna do. They shouldn't have one be green and the rest be yellow, or gold or whatever. They need to make it consistent. They can't say one is green and one is they're all this they're all supposed to be the same color and that's so stupid that's like if you bought like a mad men homage vodka and they really gave you water because that's what they used you know why are you yelling at me cookie it's not my fault i'm not yelling at you (laughs) no i think it's silly i think that's silly and that it should at least be consistent if they're going to inaccurately put the color they should inaccurately put the color for all of them no that's a good point you're right they really should anyway The final ornament is a reflective gold-colored Enterprise NCC-1701 as depicted in Where No Man Has Gone Before. The model varies from other representations by accurately adding the nacelle antenna and raised bridge dome that were present in the earlier models of the famed ship. The proportions are solid and the likeness is unmistakably Enterprise. When the aforementioned bridge dome is depressed, Captain Kirk delivers the unforgettable space, the final frontier introduction. There are some complaints, however, that the convention variant which was released at San Diego Comic-Con and STLV, among others, wasn't used as the mass-market release. The reason? The variant has screen-accurate paint applications, and the mass-market release has a reflective gold paint detailing. To be fair, the gold version is really quite beautiful and makes a great ornament no matter where you hang it. Prices vary, as one would expect, and are as follows. Star Trek Legends Ensign Pavel Chekhov Ornament, $15.95 US dollars. Star Trek The Man Trap. Kirk and Salt Monster Ornament with Sound, $29.95 US dollars. Star Trek USS Enterprise 50th Anniversary Edition Musical Ornament, $32.95 US dollars. And Star Trek 50th Anniversary To Boldly Go Tabletop Decoration with Light and Sound, a whopping $74.95 US dollars. You can get them at the brick and mortar Hallmark stores or online at hallmark.com. And another item was just released on ThinkGeek. Regardless of what holiday you may or may not celebrate, it is wintertime. And everyone loves a warm, cozy sweater, right? Mm-hmm. But add a holiday onto it, and things start to get ugly. Literally. Well, now Star Trek has their very own ugly holiday sweater. And boy, is it ugly. It's 50 bucks, and I will attempt to describe it. It's 100% cotton. Gauge knit, navy blue, <coughs> ugly, with white checkered horizontal lines with Star Trek images in between. First, it has a row of gold communicator pins, and then the next row is with gold and white little ships flying across horizontally. And then the last row is the image of the ship head on, like it's coming towards you. The rows are also riddled with various snowflakes. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's pretty ugly, but it's not quite ugly enough. Or it's not ugly in the way you would assume it was. 
It's a boring, ugly. The colors are boring. I don't like looking at it. It's like a casino carpet. It directs your eyes away from it, so you focus on the slot machines. <laughs> I would not wear this. This is just, it's just not good. Side note, the Star Trek images on the sweater are based off the original series, which makes sense because if it was TNG, it wouldn't be ugly. Oh! I quit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and by the way, check the size chart before you order, if you do. Some people were commenting that the sizes are quite odd and not what you would normally think that the size would be. So you wouldn't buy the sweater? No, I would not. Even if you're going to a really boring holiday ugly sweater party? It, it would blend in with the wallpaper. Really? It's, it's just not... It does not stand out in a good way. It's just not... I don't like it. I'm disappointed with it. What would it need? different colors maybe like a main thing on the front instead of just like it looks like carpet (laughs) it needs like something in the middle maybe a giant looking communicator pin or something star trekky but it's just kind of it blends in with itself like a salt monster yeah anything (laughs) anything else the colors are not good it's like a gold navy blue and white if you can imagine that those colors just don't really pop So, there you have it. Sometimes you break into a musical medley. Links to the items discussed can be found in the show notes, so please be sure to check them out. Have any comments about the segment or anything discussed herein? We'd love to hear them, so let us know what you think on Twitter, Facebook, or in the comment section. And remember, you keep an eye on the stars. We'll keep an eye on the market. Until next time. Now, let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Thank you, Cookie and Jake. Now, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. This week's first community question is, what do you think of Fuller shifting away from showrunner to executive producer? Are you excited to hear about the Klingon character? From Facebook, James Sillett responds, Fuller is going to be a strong influence, so it doesn't seem so bad. But at the same time, there's still so much we don't know that I can't really have a strong opinion of it. As for the Klingon character, they better have a very good reason for it, given the point in the timeline this takes place. I just want it to make sense and drive a good story. From the Star Trek Online forums, Tyler Maxwell wrote in, I'd assume that the Klingon character would be an antagonist, because I can't see them being a war for B'Elanna-esque. I guess it'd be cool to have a Klingon enemy in the vein of Dukat, you know? Someone layered and complicated in their villainy, as opposed to a one-dimensional mustache-twirling bad guy, like some of the TOS-era Klingons. <laughs> I, I twirled my goatee a little bit. That was there. good. I heard that. I got a real commander, uh, you know, the guy from the Organian episode. I, 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 got that, I got that vibe. All right, good. Thank you. As far as Fuller goes, I just hope Trekkies get a good quality show out of this, no matter what his role is. If he can deliver a stellar product as EP, I'm good. From Priority One Podcast, Sean Newboy. Wonderful show, everyone. Glad to hear the oldsters still have the chops. Oldsters? I have no idea what Fuller's change of position really means in the end of it all. I hope the Klingon is a predecessor of someone we have met in one of our future series. I would also like them to be more human-looking to tie in with TOS. And our second community question is, are you looking forward to the 7th anniversary event in Star Trek Online so that you can get your hands on the Lucari community ship? 
From PriorityOnePodcast.com, RTK142 says, I'm interested in the anniversary more for the story than the ship. In the first round, I was supporting Beta, Delta, and Foxtrot, so yeah, I guess I'm contrary to the rest of the community. I'm sure it'll be a fantastic ship, though. I'm not going to lie, calling it the Lucari community ship, I'm like, is it like, do we all share things? Like, is it, do we all share command? Do we yeah, man. share the same bathroom? You know, well, you know, there's a the herb garden in the back, man. It's right next to okay. the compost area. And then there's a Got peace it. garden near the front, man. Fair. So, you know, it's pretty laid Very back, zen. man. Very zen. Yeah. I actually uh, agree with RTK142 for the 7th anniversary. That I'm more looking forward to the story. But on top of that... I'm also looking forward to the Omega event because those tech upgrades are just awesome. Oh, yeah. I went away from the game for a little while, came back over the last year when Agents of Yesterday dropped, and so I went on kind of an Omega shopping spree because I still had a lot of Mark 12 weapons, uh, Mark 12 purples. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of went on a, a shopping spree during the last one and, and bought up all the, the little uh, the Omega shards and fragments and whatnot and just like right. just spent you know a lot of time clicking and clicking and clicking and clicking to, to, to build those upgrades. And yeah, I, I outfitted two or uh, at least I think two of my ships, just all, all gold now. All nice. gold. Same as myself. Yeah, so uh, just doing those little uh, uh, upgrades. So yeah, we need, uh, I'm fresh out. I need another batch. I agree. I'm also, uh, the, I remember when the upgrade system first launched, I thought it was going to be such an arduous task to upgrade everything. But I have found that upgrading piece by piece as you gain it is just not that bad. Yeah, I'd agree there, definitely. From Twitter, we have Thomas Townsley, who replied, meh, meh, meh. He spelled out the second one. I feel like I feel like we should honor his, his word choice there by spelling out M-E-H. Very slowly. Meh. And capital. Capital. I think wow. he screamed I mean, it. He yelled it, right? So it's more like meh. 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 It's like, it's like Klingon. <laughs> From Facebook.com, Charles Halpenny, anniversary or lockbox or event ships do not affect me. Things to do does. From Patreon.com, Richard Huffnagel says, heck yeah. From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Lucas Anderson, great to hear from old friends. I'm consistently impressed by the depth of Priority One's bench. I, I think this week they've gone beyond the bench and have gone to the bottom of the barrel. Like that, that <laughs> very <laughs> scrapey, splintered bottom of the barel and found me. Then brought me back. So, yeah. Nonsense. Nonsense, there's you're nothing saying. Fu there's nothing funnier than self-deprecation. Mm, where'd it go? <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying on the inside. Remember that we want to highlight some of you, our listeners, in our shows. So send us your Star Trek story. Send us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com, and we might use your story in an upcoming episode of Priority One Podcast. That's right, Captains. We want to know how Star Trek has affected your life and how it influenced you. So, like Skiffy said, send us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, that wraps it up for episode 295 of Priority One Podcast. But before we go, here's our community questions for this week. What do you think about a Star Trek cinematic universe a la Star Wars or Marvel? And how far should Star Trek push the boundaries of conventional broadcast censorship? Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. You can even leave us a voicemail via SpeakPipe. Just click on the widget on our homepage. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. 
Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priority1podcast.com. And if you're listening to us via iTunes, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. More importantly, help spread the word about the show. Invite your fellow Trekkies. Spread the word of Priority One Podcast because it's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Podcast Guard Frequency at guardfrequency.com. Covering the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. Thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. To our writer and social media manager, Jake Morgan. To our video editor, Jerry Tillman. And to consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Holosuite Media for supporting this show. Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, Esmaria DePost, and Gavin LaWarn. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, our friends. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. This is Elijah Stonews, Sync 1. This is Tony Stonews, Sync 2. This is Winters, Star Trek Online News, Sync 3. This is Skivvy, Stonews, Sync 4. Stonews in 3, 2. Well, Captain, once again. Well, well Captain. Ooh. <laughs> we only well, have one listener. One viewer. <laughs> well, Captain. <laughs> We're so glad you're listening. Hi, Chris Keene. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Party One broadcast, podcast brought to you for Chris Keen. Chris Keen Chris and Keen. Sean Newboy. So it's, it is yeah. two. It's two. It's two. Okay. <laughs> beep, beep. They're like Voltron. They snap together to make one. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Because I'm technically considered a millennial, but I grew mm. up on Ren and Stimpy. So am I Gen X or it, am I millennial? It's fuzzy. I voted. It's, I don't know. It's fuzzy. It's fuzzy. There's 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 some overlap there. You and I get along okay, so there must be some overlap. There, I'm I'm at the tail end of the Gen Xers. <laughs> You're at the beginning of the millennials. There's there's overlap there. Elijah's fuzzy. <laughs> okay. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I say so far because they're still accepting donations to benefit the. Oh sh! <laughs> you know, Elijah, what you do is you read the sentence first. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah. How is that? How is that pronounced? <laughs> Feel like you want a sweet EMH epic level bridge. Officer? Let, let me stop you there and have you take it from the top. What I want you to do is enunciate because am, we're going to record this. I'm skimming through. I'm and, skimming oh, through. Oh, give it to oh, me from the top. Oh, oh my mistake. Oh, yeah, give it to me from the top. To get it into my mouth. Give it to me from Anne. I have to first get it in my mouth. Higher level donations will scale to higher rewards up to elite.
That is it, Lee? I'm saying Lee. Well, right? it, do, you do do it do it dollars because you next sentence. Dollar one I you three three seven. I was pretty sure you read this because you was doing dollar one three three seven because that's Lee. Higgin, Higgin, Higgin. That's Leet. That is Leet. Is it dollar? I know it is. If you look at the next sentence, I get it. But okay, but you say up to one thousand three hundred. This is why I don't write for you and you don't write for me. Okay. <laughs> Here, let me do my Cuban. Let me do it in my Cuban voice. Here's your chance to get all the fields. The higher level donations will scale up to higher rewards, up to one thousand three hundred and thirty-seven. Oh, I get it. You see, if you put, do you see? First of all, do you, if you, you see? Look, Jace, one comma. See? That's all it took. Uh, the comma is all it took. You're welcome. <laughs> Guys, I need a taco after listening to this. First of all, tacos aren't Cuban, you racist. <laughs> right, burritos. They eat burritos in Cuba. Duh, Skippy. Cuban. God. Oh, it's the 21st horrible. goddamn century, Skippy. You guys are terrible. The Promenade. This is Cookie. Sink one. The Promenade. This is Jake. Sink two. Are these sinks even important? No. No. I, didn't, I never thought they were. I don't know why we do them. The, what's the point? Because we don't say anything at the same time. I know, but we usually have some pretty good bloopers. Adam, so. Okay. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> Maybe it's cold outside. Picked one of the pictures that shadowed. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> if you buy, like, a vodka from, like. <laughs> Let me try this. I'm yelling at the stupid harm out. Can't, I don't even want to say their names. Oh, all right, moving on. No. <laughs> no caps to be had out there. Elijah. Elijah. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> From Star Trek Online forums, I say. I thought you were an industry professional. <laughs> he just read the copy. He just read the copy. Elijah. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. I totally just read the copy. <laughs> you can tell it's getting late. From Priority Pro uh, Priority Podcast. That's a great we should name a show that Priority Podcast. Priority one prod podcast. Prod Listen to it. <laughs> Covering the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many more. Like Harry Potter and <laughs> <laughs> Goosebumps. Yeah, we thought we'd do that too. <laughs> Thanks to our graphic artist, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. To our writer and social media ma- to our writer and social media manager, Jake Morgan. To our video editor, Terry T- <laughs> To our video editor, Jerry Tillman. And Are you what the f- Can you what the hell's I happening don't know. right now? I'm tired. It's been top, a please? hell of a long day. I have I have been on two hours of sleep for the last three nights, and it's just been nuts uh, since the elections and then technical issues. I love you. Hug. It's Romulan Ale, Jason Smith, Jake Morgan, Jerry Tillman, Midnight Shadow 7. Okay. <laughs> what a... <laughs> <laughs> what we'd like you to do is to, tr- to cram your attitude and your sob stories <laughs> right, right down your bottle. <laughs> just read the goddamn copy. Please, Skippy. Please. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I don't think we're getting Elijah back. I think, I think he's done. I think he's done. Just, just cut his mic. Just cut his mic. See if it, you know, we got to bring it home. Skip it. You got to land the ship. Oh man, that was good. <laughs> <clears throat>